Hey guys, it's Jill. Jen and I wanted to give you a heads up about the content on today's episode. It may be triggering for more sensitive audiences. Refer to the show notes for more specifics. And take care while you listen. On this episode of Common Mystics, we introduce you to the man behind the legend of the notorious pirate, Blackbeard. I'm Jennifer James. I'm Jill Stanley. We're psychics. We're sisters. We are Common Mystics. We find extraordinary stories in ordinary places. And today's story is about Blackbeard on the Atlantic coast. You guys, Jennifer is making so many spirit friends, it's ridiculous. (laughs) Blackbeard is my new bestie. You are getting so popular in spirit. You have to tell me about your new best friend. I need to know all the details. I am a ghost magnet, number one. And my my new favorite kind of ghosts are pirates. Ghost pirates are my new thing. (laughs) I'm so excited to learn about why. Okay, let's get into it. Please remind our listeners of our intention. Our intention was, as it always is, to find a verifiable story previously unknown to us that allows us to give voice to the voiceless. That's right. And on this particular day, as you guys may recall, we were stationed and spending a couple days in the Philadelphia area. But then during the day, we would get in the car and get our spideys on in different directions. And this day, we went southeast down around the Delaware Peninsula. Mm-hmm. Exactly. What were you feeling? You and I were driving through Delaware and Maryland, and we kept coming up on the word Chesapeake because, of course, that is the Chesapeake region. The Chesapeake Bay in particular seemed very important to us for our next story. So we wrote it down, and it's something that came up again and again. And then again, you guys, Jennifer's sitting there playing with her hair, getting all (laughs) kinds of details from spirit. That's not true. I was not flirting with Blackbeard. That's totally true. No, but I was getting... a couple things. Legit engaging with Blackbeard. Like you guys were having a full on conversation. May not be speed dating, but there was a connection. Anyway. Don't deny it. Anyway. Don't deny it. I was getting some different vibes. I was feeling plantations and slave labor, mm. which I wouldn't necessarily think would have a correlation to a pirate, but whatever. Also, I was picking up on pride of the King of England. Who was the King of England? The King of England at the time was King George the First. Mm-hmm. But I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't getting, I just want to clarify this. I wasn't getting King George. I was getting pride of the King of England and then separately King George. Okay. 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 Those two don't necessarily go together. Gotcha. There's a lot of Kings of England. What were you picking up on? Well, I was fascinated with the incoming information that you were getting, Mm -hmm. but I was picking up on battles and combat Mm -hmm. in the area. There was a lot of battles in the area, so I wasn't really thinking too much of it. I was also intrigued by a road sign that said Riley's Neck Road. Mm -hmm. It seemed really significant to me. That's something I asked you to write down. Yeah, and that will definitely... Definitely come up later in the story. And you took the lead on the research. It was my pleasure. <laughs> and when we were driving, you were feeling pirates for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Like we had a conversation about pirates. We did. And so that was kind of your in into the research. You were looking at pirates in the Chesapeake Bay area. Exactly. So my first question was, were there pirates in the Chesapeake Bay? And were they? <laughs> Well, as it turns out, there is a history of piracy in the Chesapeake Bay area. 
I don't believe that. Now, the Chesapeake Bay region includes portions of Maryland and also Virginia, and it extends 200 miles from its north end to its south end. Okay, so it's rather large. Yes. Mm -hmm. So piracy first appeared in the Chesapeake Bay in the late 1600s. You see, Mm. what was beneficial to pirates about the bay is that it has a lot of tiny islands and rivers and inlets. And so pirates used these ships that could go into these shallower areas and they had shallower drafts and were smaller in size. So the Chesapeake Bay provided the perfect geography for pirates to hide and get away fast after pillaging and doing all of the the things that pirates do. Okay, so I have a question about piracy. I remember an Errol Flynn movie that he was a pirate and he was bringing the Queen of, like, the Queen of England, I believe it was Queen Elizabeth, a bounty, yes, right? Yes, I believe you're thinking of the Seahawk. I love that movie. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. What's your anyway, question? Anyway, my point is, what were pirates? Were they sanctioned by different governments in different countries? Like, what were they? No. Pirates are not sanctioned by governments. Pirateers are. So there is a very fine line. Basically, if you're stealing for a government, it's legal, quote unquote, to that government because you're working for the crown. If you're stealing for yourself, it's Mm -hmm. illegal. Okay, so pirates specifically are taking their bounties and they're they're keeping it on the DL. They're not turning it over to a queen or a different body in charge. Yes. Okay. Okay, okay, Mm -hmm. okay. Go on. Anyway, so the Chesapeake Bay was also a great place for pirates to hang out because there were a lot of goods around the late 1600s. Goods like tobacco would have been transported on the ships in the area. And there were also Mm -hmm. a lot of conflicts and wars at the time. Now, war freezes up international trade for obvious reasons, right? Yeah, it does. So pirates would stalk the Chesapeake Bay area looking for ships that had goods on them, and they would illegally steal the goods off the ships, and then they would bring them into the colonies and sell them. And so the pirates would make the money off of the goods. And also the residents, the merchants, the government officials, they would kind of be fine with it and turn a blind eye. Because if not for the pirates, those goods wouldn't be available to them. I wonder, too, without having like the tax, that the goods would be cheaper if you bought it from the pirates, right? Could be. So there are a lot of reasons why it was kind of like wink wink in some situations people wouldn't like mind that this piracy was happening so they kind of grew and by the 17th and 18th centuries pirates actually controlled almost all of the lower Chesapeake Bay. And they would attack merchant ships, seize cargo. Sometimes they would kidnap and seize the crew themselves and the ships. That's amazing. Okay, so one of the most famous of these pirates is your bestie, bestie, Blackbeard. Blackbeard. Who was he? Tell me all about him. He sounds really cool, by the way. Like, that's a cool name. Well, let's get right into it. Blackbeard's real name is Edward Teach. Wouldn't have thought that. No? Mm Mm-mm. History doesn't quite know if his name was Teach or Thatch or Thatch with an E. Doesn't matter. We're just going to call him Blackbeard. That's a street name. He lived from 1680 to 1718. He was kind of young. He was. 
And he was known as Blackbeard because of his appearance. He had a very fearsome appearance, purportedly, and also a lot of facial hair. And he was known to be an English pirate who operated around the West Indies Islands and also the eastern coast of the North American colonies. Do we know anything about his upbringing other than he was English? Very, very little is known about his early life, officially. What do we know? We do know that at some point he lived in the Bahamas. Now, the Bahamas was kind of like home base for a lot of pirates. That's a great area. Truly, the location, the beauty, come on. And you're all secluded. Oh, the climate. Forget it. I would be there. Exactly. At some point, Blackbeard joined the crew of Captain Benjamin Hornigold. He was a pirate who had a pirate crew. Can I tell you? My little dyslexic head read that and my mind is horny for gold. Like, like literally when I was reading the outline, I was like, he's, he's horny for, cause it's like horny gold. I was like, he's horny for gold. That's probably why he got his name. Sorry. Well, I mean, that's kind of, kind of appropriate. What would your pirate name be if Ben is horny for gold <laughs> and Edward's Blackbeard? I mean, we're baked goods transported on, on pirate would that ships. be your name, baked goods? <laughs> Betty baked goods over here. <laughs> what about yours? What would your pirate name be? Oh, man. I don't know. I feel like tiny, but like ironic. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like tiny Jill. I don't know. Tiny. Just tiny. <laughs> tiny. <laughs> like, hey, tiny. Tiny and baked goods. That's perfect. <laughs> Anyway, it would be funny if someone addressed us if like we were next to each other and someone was like, hey, tiny, and they would be thinking I'm baked goods and you're tiny. And then I would answer. <laughs> so it was 1716 when Blackbeard joined the pirate crew of Captain Benjamin Hornigold. And that's when his life of piracy began. But Hornigold would leave piracy altogether and accept a king's pardon to live a legit life. Yeah. And that happened in 1717. So Benjamin Hornigold was just like, you know what? I lived my life. I'm just I'm old now. The king's being cool. I'm just going to I'm just going to go home. Right. Oh, because from time to time, the king would be like, all right, pirates, if you quit being pirates and, and live a legit life, we won't prosecute you for all the crimes that you did just to try to like entice them to go good. I think that that's a great out. Th that's the best of both worlds. Like you got to do the crimes, you got to make the money and then you're pardoned. Right. Like, why not? Mm -hmm. I would do that. OK, tell me more. So it was only a year after he joined. Blackbeard joined the Hornigold crew in 1716, and by 1717, the boss would retire, and that's when Blackbeard became the leader of the crew. Wow, that's something, because he's still kind of new. He's kind of green behind the ears for him to step up and, like, take control. What happens next? Well, one of the first things he did was he captured a French slave ship that was called La Concorde, and he renamed the ship Queen Anne's Revenge, and that would be known as his pirate ship. Mm. He equipped her with guns and and he established a crew of over 300 men. I love the name Queen Anne's Revenge. Isn't that that's, awesome? That's really good. He does have a flair about him. Can you tell me why he picked that name? Because that's a really great savage name. So it is believed that Blackbeard was not a fan of King George I, who was the monarch of England at the time. Hmm. And historians think that King George I 
was disliked by Blackbeard because he was a German speaker of German heritage, the first of the Hanover dynasty line. And it's believed that Blackbeard was a fan of the Stuart line, of which Queen Anne was the last monarch. So by calling his ship Queen Anne's Revenge, he's giving a nod to his loyalty to the Stuart line and his dislike of the king. Wow. Isn't that cool? That's bold. I like him. He's strong and bold. Okay, tell me more. Well, Obviously, he became a renowned pirate. He sailed across the Atlantic Ocean from Africa to the Caribbean, and he would attack British ships, Dutch ships, Portuguese merchant ships along the way. That's crazy and frightening in the 1600s to cross the Atlantic. No kidding. Again and again. The Atlantic, that is a a rough ocean. Mm Mm-hmm. That's a rough ride. Okay, Mm -hmm. tell me more. So they would obviously plunder the vessels, taking any valuables they could find. According to many sources, they killed crew members and would sometimes destroy the entire ships, burning them and sinking them. Mm, That sounds such a waste. Tell me more. What else do you got on him? By March of 1718, and this is, remember, he became the boss in 1717. By March of 1718, his reputation was such that if he pulled up next to a ship and was like, hey, are you going to join us? Yes or no? I'm Blackbeard. They'd be like, yes, we'll join you because they didn't want to fight with Blackbeard. So already Mm -mm. in a year's time, his reputation grew so that it was easy for him to like grow this flotilla. Okay, something is sticking out at me, like slapping me in the face. In the beginning of who was Blackbeard, you and I had the conversation about like, what do we know about him? And he died in 1718. Yeah. And he was just made captain of the ship in 1717. Exactly. So holy hell, like these people, like he had a very short period of time to make that kind of impact on the people. It was a meteoric rise to fame is what it was. And these are other pirates. These are other guys doing this tough piratey work and traveling these rough oceans. And they're like, hey, man, no, we're with you, dude. If Blackbeard and the Queen Anne's Revenge pulled up next to him, they're like, yep, you got us. We're with you. Here's the white flag. Exactly. Interesting. Tell me more. By May of 1718, Blackbeard reached the height of his power and... There was a a very interesting situation that happened in Charlestown. Today we say Charleston. Back then it was Charlestown. I was just going to say. In South Carolina. I was just going to say that. Get out of my brain. So he's hanging out by Charlestown and he stops these ships one at a time. Nine, in fact, right? So he's like hitting ships. Holy. Boom, boom, boom. Okay. My God. And then... He realizes on one of the ships, there is a very important passenger, and his name was Samuel Rag. Samuel Rag, W-R-A-G-G, was a member of the Council of the Province of Carolina. So he was a politician. So he was like a Senate member? Yeah. Okay. So he recognizes this guy, Samuel Rag, and he takes advantage of it. See, because... Blackbeard needed some medical supplies because when you're a pirate, you can get into a lot of scrapes. 
figuratively mm-hmm. and literally. Think of all the splinters <laughs> being around the wood all the time, a bunch of oars. You can just run your hand on the banister and get a splinter. So he told the prisoners that his fleet required important medical supplies from the colonial government of South Carolina. And if none were forthcoming, all of the prisoners would be executed, their heads would be cut off and sent to the governor of South Carolina, and then the ship would be burnt. Jesus, give the man some Neil Sporin. My God, <laughs> like, calm down. Here's a Band-Aid. Here's your Neil Sporin. Relax, bro. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> really not that serious. So Samuel Rag agreed. He's like, okay, okay, okay. I'll, I'll go... I'll I'll go give word that you need your medical supplies. Don't cut our heads off. Don't burn the ship. We're good. We got you. Yeah, relax. Right. He went to 11 quick, though. Like, that was like, wow. He wasn't messing around. So Blackbeard sends a man named Mr. Marks to go get the medical supplies. He sends Mr. Marks with two of his pirates to escort Mr. Marks. Now, their job is pretty simple. They're going in, they're going to get the medical supplies, and then they're going to come back. Mm-hmm. They were given two days. He said, you have two days. If the medical supplies are back, once again, I'm killing y'all, I'm cutting your heads <laughs> off, sending them to the governor, burning the ship, right? Then he locks all the prisoners underneath the deck. My God. So Mr. Marks and his two pirate escorts go into Charlestown. Two days pass. They don't return. Oh, man. Could you imagine? (sighs) The prisoners are all under deck thinking, shit. (laughs) Yeah. He's he's already said what he's going to do, right? But he doesn't. And this is Blackbeard. But he doesn't. What he does instead is he moves eight of his ships into Charleston Harbor. So he just just makes a show of getting closer. That's a flex. To the city. Yes, it is. That is a flex. So he sends eight of his ships into Charleston Harbor and Mm -mm -mm. panic runs through the town because Blackbeard is in Charleston now. Then finally, Mr. Marks returns to the fleet and Blackbeard is like, I told you two days. What happened? Where were you? Yeah. Where where the medical supplies? Well, what happened was he went to the governor straight away and the governor gave the medical supplies right away. But then the two pirate escorts, they were missing. He couldn't find the pirate escorts. So Mr. Marks is lugging around these medical supplies looking for the pirates. And he finally found them in the tavern. Oh, my God. And they were carousing and they were drunk. First of all, bad on Mr. Marks. He should have looked there first. (laughs) True, true. So Blackbeard kept his word. He released the captured prisoners, including Samuel Rag, and they all got to go home. But first, they were robbed of their valuables and fine clothing. Well, sure. I mean, that's fair. I mean, really. You can't be flashing nice shoes on a ship with a bunch of pirates and think that you're going to walk out on them. No, sir. I love that story. I love that story, too. I just I hope that when they got back to the ship and they found out from Mr. Marks what happened, Blackbeard reprimanded those two pirates and be like, now you're washing the deck or something like on your hands and knees, like do something. Well, maybe there was a consequence. We'll never know. Like get in the corner. Well, soon after that, Blackbeard went to Bath, North Carolina, and actually he accepted a royal pardon as well. It's the right thing to do. 
the only thing was it didn't last. He just couldn't live a life that was straight and he went right back to piracy. It reminds me of The Shield. Oh my gosh, spoiler alert from anyone who has not seen the 90s sensation, The Shield. Are you recommending that to our, our listeners? Recommend okay. it, but I just wanted to say spoiler alert. Yeah, the it reminds me of The Shield. It is hard to go straight. Yeah, so he didn't go straight. He continued his piracy and the governor of Virginia wanted to get Blackbeard. So he arranged for a party of soldiers and sailors to capture him. And on November 22nd of 1718, following a ferocious battle, Blackbeard and several of his crew members were killed by a small force of his pursuers, which were sent by the governor of Virginia. That makes me so angry. I Like, seriously? Blackbeard was beheaded. And his head was brought to Hampton, Virginia, and it was hung up on a pole placed along the Hampton River. And today, that very spot is known as Blackbeard's Point. I know. I'm sad, too. I don't like it. And it is still kind of like shameful that we still call it Blackbeard's Point. That's kind of rude, Virginia. Get it together. Like, honestly. That's all really cool. You have this young man in a short period of time to make such a a name for himself and be so successful that politicians are trying to capture and kill him just so that they look cool. Like, I defeated Blackbeard. That all really happened? There's so many legends about Blackbeard that I'm not sure which is which. That's why I'm asking. You are not alone. There are so many stories out there that have been written about Blackbeard. It can be hard to separate the fact from the legend. But I have to tell you, the legends are super cool. Do you want to talk about them? I want to hear everything you know about (laughs) them. so fun. Okay. Over the years, Blackbeard's stories about his exploits have become the subject of lore and, of course, have inspired novels and movies and even amusement park rides. I would dare say that my conception of a pirate is based on Blackbeard and the way he was described in his legends. Am I wrong, Jennifer? Blackbeard was definitely a standout, even though he wasn't around for very long and he wasn't even the most successful of the pirates. Well, I'm going to tell you this. We're in April 2023. This man was killed in 1718 and there is not another pirate whose name I know. He's a household name in 2023. So tell me why Like, why is this legend that big? There were many stories about how ferocious he is as a person. And also the earliest accounts about Blackbeard's deeds were written about six years after his death. So that's pretty soon after he lived. Do you think he was a legend in his own time? I believe that he was just because... Knowing that his ships were in your harbor could cause panic through a city. And knowing that Blackbeard's ship has approached yours was cause enough to surrender. That says something. I agree. Yeah. So Blackbeard's stories sold a lot of papers back in the day, Jill. Mm, Tell me. I found the best article from the March 1899 Minneapolis Daily Times. And it was called True Tales of the Buccaneers. Can I tell you some of these stories? I love the title. I know, right? Oh, please tell me some of these stories. I'm living for this. 
In this article, Blackbeard is called, quote, the wickedest ruffian in the whole history of piracy. That's a kind of cool title. I want to be the wickedest ruffian. (laughs) He is described as having a thick, bushy, coal black beard that reached down to his waist. You know, normally I wouldn't dig it, but that kind of, that I can see it. I like it. It covered his entire face except for his eyes, mm-hmm. but he also dressed it up. Oh, nice. Uh-huh, uh-huh. He would braid it and then tie ribbons in it, and he would hang <laughs> hang it over his ears. So he was to like spread it out to make it look like bigger and fluffier. Well, you know, think of that weight too. It's probably heavy if he was just all like hanging on the front of his chin. So he probably like kind of combed it back to help with that weight. He also wore a tall fur cap on his head and he carried a heavy sword with a curved blade and six guns that were slung in belts over his shoulders. Oh my. What a sight. (laughs) He would also stick long matches under his hat and in his beard and light them so that he would have like kind of a sparkler effect happening. He's like our first pyrotechnic pirate. I guess. My goodness. Yeah. And so in that way, he was able to inspire terror in his victims and his foes. And his strength was said to be, quote, lion-like. And his character, fearless, greedy, crafty, and treacherous. Wow. I know. This was written in the paper. Don't you love this? Tell me, was he any fun? Because he, like, I would bring him to a party. I'd be like, hi, this is my friend. (laughs) (laughs) You two, I think, are kind of two peas in a pod. Minus all the facial hair. I think the rest, like, character-wise, get this. You have not seen me when I have not plucked, okay? (laughs) So trust me. Okay. When Blackbeard drank, he was apparently subject to cruelty towards others. I don't believe it. Now, one night when he was drinking in his cabin with his crewmates, the legend has it that he drew a pistol from his pocket and under the table, he cocked the gun, blew out the candles in the room and fired in the darkness under the table at the legs of his comrades. Not cool, man. Now, that's not a fun game. Not cool. Like, for real. He shot one of them, and that man was lame for life. Oh, I'd be so mad. When the men asked Blackbeard, like, what the hell are you doing? Why would you do that? You know what he is purported to have said? Hmm. If I do not now and then kill one of you, you'll forget who I am. Jeez. Right. And according to the legend, it was that kind of unpredictable savagery that kept his men in line through fear. Oh, my. I can't forget who you are because you're like a walking match with a very (laughs) heavy beard. I get it, man. Oh, okay. Tell me about another time. Give me another example of his of his ways. Another time he led his men into the hold for a contest. Now, the hold is the area under the deck. Okay. So he goes down and his men follows him down and he says, come, let us make a hell of our own and try how long we can bear it. Okay, stop. I just want to say this. In his defense, he is on the sea for like a long time. What are you going to (laughs) do? You know what I mean? Like, there's only so many solitaire games you can play. Right, Candy Crush. There's only so much fishing you can do. Like, it's a long right, track. Exactly. 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 Right. So he he wanted to spice it up a little. So he brings them all below deck. They follow him, of course, because he's kind of the boss and he's a little crazy. When they get down there, he apparently set fire to pots of brimstone. 
fumes filled the hold and nearly all of them suffocated. See, the contest was who could stay down there the longest without dying. Oh, my. So the men, one by one, they are escaping. They throw open the hatches and they're gasping for air. Blackbeard, of course, was the very last one to emerge in triumph proving that he was the toughest one of them all. Not cool, man. I'm sorry. There's more. He also had quite a reputation with the ladies. Really? Apparently, he was notorious for his attentions that he would give to women. Mm-hmm. He is purported to have had at least 14 wives, and he would find a woman and he would call a local priest or a magistrate to perform the rite of matrimony, but then he would literally cut his wives adrift when it suited him. Oh, my word. Okay, stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Yeah. Stop it. Okay. So he finds this woman. He romances her. They get married. And then he's like, he puts her on like a lifeboat and then cuts the rope. And is like, bye now. The article. If I love you, set you free. If you drift back, it's meant to be. The art- What is that? The article does not explain whether cut his wives adrift means technically put him in a boat and cut the mooring so it drifted away. Or if it means that he just let them go. Either way, it's hysterical. 14 wives. He just. It was said that he had 12 wives alive all at the same time. He's a busy man. He got hoes in different area codes. Yes, he does. Now, when he wasn't carousing on board his ship, he, quote, pressed his company on the wives and daughters of the local merchants and planters who were, quote, powerless to resist. Stop. What are you saying to me? He pressed his wives? No, pressed his company. In other words, forced. <gasps> yeah. Forced his, quote, company. Why would he? To exert his dominance. Oh, my God. Blackbeard, that better not have happened. Don't be nasty. And it wasn't just him. Apparently, he and his men terrorized the locals this way. Yeah, that better not be true, Blackbeard. I don't like that. So legend also has it that when he had plundered enough loot for the time being, he would enact a plan to get rid of some of his crew so that he could keep a greater share for himself. That's only smart. That's smart businessman. On one occasion, he actually left 17 pirates marooned on a desert island to die of thirst and starvation. But luckily for them, they were rescued by another passing ship. Wow. And of course, Blackbeard's legend would not be complete without a story about hidden treasure. Mm, I like hidden treasure. I love this. On the night of the battle before he was killed, on November 22nd, 1718, his comrades asked him, in the event of his death, did his wife know where to find his treasure? And Blackbeard is quoted to have said, Not a soul but the devil and myself know where it is hid, and the longest liver of the two will get it all. The longest liver? So two people know where the treasure is, the devil and Blackbeard, and whoever lives the longest is going to get it. Oh. So if he dies, it's going to hell. <laughs> when you said liver, I thought you meant his organ. I was like, well, I don't know what kind of drinker the devil is. <laughs> this is so crazy. So after his death, 
15 of his crew members were turned over to the governor, and 13 of them would be hanged for their crimes. But while they were in custody, the men told the weirdest stories about Blackbeard. And one of the stories that they told was that they would regularly see sightings of a man on board. The man was a stranger. Nobody could recognize who he was. And not one of them could say where he boarded or when he joined. But he would be seen from here and there. He would flit about the ship, appearing and vanishing in different locations. And the crew came to believe that that stranger was the devil himself, who had sought out Blackbeard's ship as the one place on Earth most similar to hell. Okay, so it seems to me... Mm Jennifer, and tell me if you think the same thing. It seems like the legend of Blackbeard kind of originated not only from his own like lifetime and exploits, mm-hmm. but also from like the people that enabled him and the people that he worked with, right? right. And when I say that, like his crew, yes. and I'm putting crew in quotations because essentially his crew were people that he captured, <laughs> people that were like, yeah, don't kill me. I will join you in whatever you want me to do, sir. Right. And got on his boat and they were like, no, man, you don't want to fuck with this guy. Right. Like, for real, trust me. His own men, quote unquote, seem to have like a superstitious fear of him. Yeah. I almost feel like if some of the legends, and I hope they're not true because it just seems bonkers and really cruel, but it seems like some of the legends are grooming manipulative, Mm. you know, it really does feel like a cult following in some way. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm going to take a turn here because historians recently have uncovered some surprising evidence about the real man who was known to be Blackbeard. And I hope it's good things and not that he really was evil. There was an online article in the SmithsonianMag.com. That's a reputable source. It is. Okay, I'm feeling hopeful. It was by a man named Andrew Lawler, and the name of it was Three Centuries After His Beheading, A Kinder, Gentler Blackbeard Emerges. Mm. Are you ready to hear about a kinder, gentler blackbeard? Yeah, I like a snuggly, sweet blackbeard. Tell me. Harry Bear. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. A circus bear. A social elite circus bear. (laughs) Okay, is that what we're saying? Okay, so the article highlights the work of one genealogist named Bayless Brooks, who believes, listen to this, that he actually found the family of Blackbeard. In other words, the Teach family in the Bahamas. That's stupid cool. Okay, I'm excited. My tail's wagging. Tell me more. He found the Teach family living in Jamaica in Spanish town in the year 1700. Very cool. There was an Edward Thatch who is believed to be Blackbeard's father. He was a captain and a man of status who married twice. His second wife's name was Lucretia. So Blackbeard was a junior. Mm -hmm. He was. And his dad was a man of status, and his stepmom was Lucretia. And logbooks show that the younger Edward Thatch, who would become Blackbeard, arrived in England on a Barbados merchant ship and joined that crew in 1706. So he hopped aboard and wanted a life at sea. Exactly. He joined a merchant ship. Now, also found was a document, and it was written by the younger Edward Thatch, In other words, it was written by Blackbeard. And in this document, he gives his late father's estate to his stepmother, Lucretia, for, quote, 
love and affection I have for and bear towards my brother and sister, Thomas and Rachel, his half-siblings. That is a crazy, generous, older sibling. I love it so much. We need more of that in this world. Thank you, Blackbeard, for being that example of a great older sibling oh, very to nice. younger siblings. Very nice. Mm-hmm. Also, I just I do want to say he is a chip off the old block because obviously his father was a captain. He became a captain. True. His father was generous, gave him all his estate, he and he in turn gave it to his stepmother and his little sister and brother. Right. Very nice. Yeah. So in sum, Blackbeard left home on a merchant ship to sail to England joined the Royal Navy, and upon inheriting his late father's estate as his oldest son, turned the property over to his stepfamily and left. I love it. He didn't have to work at all. He didn't have to work at all. He could have just chilled in Jamaica. He could have. Like you said, with the climate, Mm -hmm. the atmosphere. I would have. Look at him. Oh, my. Right. According to this source, Blackbeard's family left Bristol while Edward was still young to seek their fortune in Jamaica, where sugar was known as white gold. Yeah, it's still known as white gold in my house. (laughs) (laughs) They owned a plantation and enslaved Africans and appear to have been of a high social status. (sighs) Genealogical research goes on to explain or suggest that... Blackbeard was a well-educated man who had social graces. He was literate and intelligent and capable of understanding and utilizing seafaring technology. That's so weird because it explains how he was promoted so quickly at such a young age, but it's not consistent with his bravado, what we know about his cruelty and the way he treated people and his crew. Exactly. In fact, historians will point out that there is absolutely no factual evidence that Blackbeard ever killed anyone before that final battle of his life where he himself was fighting for his life. Wow. In fact, historians don't even think that he was murderous and brutal, but he himself cultivated an image of a fiendish barbarian because they believe it was easier and safer just to scare people than to risk his life and his safety in a fight, as well as the destruction of the valuables. It honestly makes sense. People react more to fear than being educated. If you're scared about something, if you can create a villain and have someone scared of that person, they are more likely to listen to that message and that messaging and believe in it. And because that fear is so motivating. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Okay. Mm -hmm. So he wanted to create that fear. It was very intentional. What happened to his ship? His ship, the Queen Anne's Revenge, went down near Buford, North Carolina after Blackbeard's death. So in other words, it it sank. But recent archaeologists have unearthed some of the items on that ship. And some of the things they found are rather surprising for a man who is known to be a barbarian. Tell me. He valued books and was a reader. He had like a long time to be sailing away. I would be reading books too, but I got to tell you that motion on the ocean, I don't know if I would be able to read. (laughs) Someone would have to read to me because I wouldn't be able to look down. 
also, he had a fondness for fine cuisine. And he actually, he hired a French chef to work on board. Oh, my God. That's not something a barbarian does. That is bougie AF. <laughs> yes, Blackbeard. Yes. Yes, I would be a part of his crew. I'm like, what, what kind of French dips are we eating tonight? Mm-mm-mm. His men enjoyed fresh meat like wild boar and deer and turkey. So they ate well on that ship. I'm saying... Like, if he pulled up next to me, I'd be like, what you guys got for dinner? I'll tell you as soon as you tell me tonight's menu whether or not I'm joining. Wild boar, though. That's got to be gross. I don't like deer either. Turkey? I'm not a fan of turkey. Some of this new information from the ship itself and from this genealogy work really paints a much different picture of Blackbeard, the pirate, doesn't it? I do think that Blackbeard is coming through to you to be like, hey, Jen, hey, girls, how are you? I just wanted to let you know that I'm not a bad guy. Mm -hmm. That's what I think he was trying to say to us. What do you think? Blackbeard wants people to know that the man that he was is not any way like the image of the murderous pirate that we think of today when we hear that name. I get it. Like, I get what you're saying, and I'm totally on board with that, Blackbeard. But, like, you have to take some accountability. Like, it was you who perpetuated that image. So That's true. why now should we listen to you? Well, there's more here, because if you think about it, why would a 20-something youth leave his cushy home, his entire inheritance, his plantation, the life of a gentleman to join a merchant ship and then join the Royal Navy? Why would he choose a life of danger instead of a life of comfort? It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Why would he give his inheritance to a stepmother and his step siblings rather than just go home and live on a plantation and be the head of the household? I would have called it a day and had been eating some sugar in Jamaica with my feet up. It all makes sense if what I think is true is true. And I think he's telling me that he was gay. What? I think Blackbeard was gay. Think about it. What is coming out of your face right now? If he was gay, then he would not have wanted to live the life of a conservative gentleman. It's like someone just turned on a light for me. Do you believe this? Shut up. It makes sense. That's why he didn't want to be the head of the family. That's why he chose to live with a group of men on the fringe of society. Yeah, some of those sailors were hot. You know it's true. (laughs) Some of them were hot. Mm -hmm. Right. And then couple this with the fact that sodomy or buggery, as it was called at the time. I'm not kidding. Sodomy first became a civil offense punishable by death in 1533 when Henry VIII issued a formal decree on the subject. There's so many reasons not to like Henry VIII. That's just one of them. That's in my con. (laughs) It remained a capital offense in England until 1828. So it would have been illegal. Blackbeard is the standard of pirate that we think about today. We think of Captain Hook. We think about Captain Jack Sparrow. Mm -hmm. They're flamboyant. They are eccentric. Yes. Yes. That kind of makes sense. Kind of feminine, kind of eccentric, over the top. It also Mm -hmm. gives a whole other layer to that image that he cultivated. Tell me what you're thinking. Well, I'm thinking that 
womanizer. Let's think about those the oh stories about how he had 14 God. wives and he want but then he would let the women go. That's so homophobic. Right? It's like, look at all the women I yes. have. Yeah, because like people that are homophobic are like, I love women. And it's like, oh, calm down. Right. They were his beard, yeah. his figurative beard. He had the literal beard. And then he also had the women who were his figurative beard. And I also think about his crew around him. Were they really afraid of him? Were they really or were they protecting him? Were they generating these stories to keep his reputation safe? Wow. They were enabling the image to protect not only Blackbeard and to keep him safe, but to protect themselves, right? Right. Because they're going to think, well, if you're on a ship. Right. You're probably gay, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so if you go back and read about Blackbeard, all of the facts, all of the legends either, with that lens that this man was gay, it all clicks and it suddenly makes a whole lot of sense. So what you're saying, and I really actually believe it, is that Blackbeard came to you in 2023 as we were driving around Delaware and the coast mm-hmm. to say now that the Jonas don't tell has been lifted Mm -hmm. and we are in a time where people are more kind and accepting. I want you to know everything you know about me is wrong and I am just a sophisticated gay man trying to live his best life in the 1700s. Yes, but I also think that he wants us to know that if he were alive now, it would have been different. He didn't want necessarily to die so young and to live a life of danger. He just couldn't conform to what society wanted him to be. Hell yeah, Blackbeard, don't conform. But I do get the sense that he thinks that we're better off today because views have changed and people like him don't have to hide and don't have to be on the fringe of society. They're finally accepted. I love that. Hmm. So I just wanted to say this. Jennifer and I had a conversation with my bestie that happens to be gay. Not only is he super happy, but he's also very homosexual. And he told me that when we had the conversation about Blackbeard, what, like, who would he be today (laughs) in a society where um, homosexuality was not just accepted, but like the norm? (laughs) Yeah, celebrated the norm. And Ryan said that he would be a social elite circus bear. Okay. There you have it. I have no idea what that means, but I suppose I can take it up with Ryan later. Mm -hmm. I know what that means. It means he's he's a hoot and a holler at the campfire. (laughs) He has a lot of friends and they are here to have fun. So we, I think we came upon this story honestly we had the Chesapeake Bay in our heads and in our notes. And as it turns out, Blackbeard was in the Chesapeake Bay for sure. He kind of ruled it. What about plantations and slavery? Like what? Um, Gotta tell you, Blackbeard's own family had a plantation and owned slaves. That sucks. Does suck. I'm so sorry. Ugh. Okay, Jennifer, pride in England? Yes, pride in the King of England because... Blackbeard did have a pride in the King of England, but he hated King George and didn't Uh -uh. consider King George English. King George was a German. So, yeah. 
Blackbeard did not like King George. What about you with your battle and combat hits? Oh, my gosh. So many battles and combats for Blackbeard. Well, actually, not so many. Just really the one that killed him, right? Historically speaking. such a good point. Yes. Mm -hmm. Thank you. That's so true. What about the Riley Neck Road? Well, do you have a theory? I have a theory about what that means. Tell me your theory. I do not have a really? theory. Tell me your theory. So Riley's Neck Road, to to me, sounds like some guy named Riley whose neck was cut and you're naming a place after some historic event, just like Blackbeard's Point. Ah, yeah. The place where his head was placed on a pole to mark the spot. So I really do think that that is a reference to Blackbeard's point and and his ultimate end. I want to ask you a question before I bring up this other hit that we left out in the beginning. Talk to me. When did you feel like you were channeling some pirate? And when did you know it was Blackbeard? We were in the car Mm -hmm. and we were randomly listening to podcasts. And one of the podcasts Mm -hmm. that came up was a podcast about Blackbeard. And after that podcast, it was like I couldn't shake the idea that a pirate was coming through. It just kept coming up and coming up. And can I also tell you another thing? Yeah, tell me. I didn't want to talk about Blackbeard. I was excited to talk about pirates, but I was thinking, Blackbeard, what new can we bring to Blackbeard? And we put it aside for several months. But when it hit me, he was gay because I was talking to him and he told me he was gay. And I'm like, come on, you're not gay. And he said, Google it. <laughs> He's, he literally, he said, Google it. So I Googled it. Was Blackbeard gay? And sure enough, it came up. Some site in San Francisco was like, hey, Blackbeard's gay. And I'm like, all right, Blackbeard, since you told me to do that and I got confirmation from Google, we're going to go ahead with the story. That literally happened. I love that so much. Not only do I love the fact that he was like, no, I'm gay. Uh And you're like, come on. (laughs) And he was like, Google it. That is so consistent with how smart he was. You know what I mean? Like, he's so aware of what's happening today Mm -hmm. that he felt like this was a safe place and a good opportunity to come through. And then when you're like, shut up, you are so not gay. He's like, dude, I swear. Google Google it. And it, yeah. So, yeah, if you Google it, you will find what I found that other people are asking the same question. Yeah. Cool story. Did you love love it? it? Don't you love Black? I love it. I love him. Thank you so much for doing all this work and making friends with cool people on the other side. Oh, my gosh. You are very welcome. This one was fun. And I'm glad I finally have a a gay bestie because that has been missing (laughs) from my social circle. But I also want to say there's more that I love about Blackbeard, but we're going to save it for the detours. Okay. Let me tell everyone where to find us. Okay. Do it. Please check out our website, commonmystics.net. Find us on all our socials at Common Mystics Podcast. You can listen in wherever you're hearing your favorite pods. But if you happen to be on Apple, please subscribe and leave us a positive review so other people can find us. And also check us out on Patreon where you can hear our detour series. So next Thursday, we will catch our patrons and detours. And for all of you other free listeners, we will catch up with you in two weeks. All right. Thank you so much for listening. We love you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.